0: We're back hey. It's that time people Got another Episode Of the Soccer Dad Pod Ready to roll it down the tracks Right now We're going um, Coming in with a little Run the Jewels RT- RTJ Ooh la la What do you think Jared You like that one?
1: Yeah I, I like hip hop
0: Yeah it's another one right? Yep Makes you feel good. I'm yeah, a me hip-hop guy. Uh, I have a little bit of a reason why I'm playing this one in particular today, and I will circle back around to that in a second. But let's just uh, let's get some of the X's and O's out of the way. Um, I figured out a little trick. It came to me in the middle of the night, laying in bed after last night's game and uh, thinking about the podcast and thinking about, man, how can we up our game? How can we, like, be more... Uh, appealing right more you know just make people love us more like us more let's start with like listen like love in that order right uh and one thing occurred to me we need to give away the icing gotta give away the icing early like we lead with a bunch of the uh, the a little bit of mindless banter a little a little cake but the icing is literally who are the guests why are they our guests and what makes it important for somebody to stick around and listen to the rest of this thing to figure out what's going on, right? So today we have an, a guest, and I'm going to throw out some keywords. And uh, I, I I shot you the link today. You 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 probably took a look at it. Fill in any gaps. But uh, number one, uh, St. Louisan, soccer player, goalie in particular, uh, national champion, Division One, All American, uh, professional player. Uh, competitive coach, and on and on and on. Um, school administrator, lifelong school administrator, loves kids. Uh, uh, private equity investments, <laughs> like that's really gonna keep people on. But all this is gonna matter at the end. Those are some of the uh, experiences and adjectives that we would apply to our guest. Great guy, uh, you're gonna love him. So. Now you got to wait a little bit because Jared and I are going to talk a little bit uh, of our mindless. Uh, it, 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 it's it's important today because yesterday was a huge day, and as you can probably already tell, carpool co-host of the day, the Jared, Jared Bertrand, uh, thanks for coming in again. I, I I appreciate your loving support.
1: Loving it. Um, uh, I'm a little bit. Um, I'm multitasking. Um. My beloved Missouri State Bears are uh, currently early in the second half in NCAA Division One Round One, up in beautiful sunny twenty-five degree Omaha, Nebraska. One nothing right now, Bears. Bears just scored, um, and I believe uh, in the short distance, I can see the light standards. Um, our beloved Billikins are kicking off NCAA Division yep. One. Round one tonight as well.
0: Yeah, we um, we actually are a little bit further down the road in Midtown tonight. Uh, we are in in, in the original uh, Urban Chestnut Brewing Company here in Midtown on Washington right at Compton. Um, I love this place, man. This place, this is, this is the OG uh, with the OG beer, that beans wickle. Um, you know, the beer garden, whenever it's warm enough, is phenomenal. And, you know, and they were down here first. Yeah, there was not a lot down here when they uh, opened the doors and, you know, obviously with the stadium and a lot of other development in Midtown, uh, it's getting a little bit more and more vibrant and seeing those lights over there, my shoulder, right? That's pretty dope too, knowing that this, you know, our slew boys are about to roll here in about, well, seven o'clock game. So uh, thanks to John Shine, Dave Wolf, all the team over at Urban Chestnut as usual for allowing us to do this and not kicking us out. Um, so... After our last episode with Matt Baker from Fly Over Footy and City SC Report, um, I listened back to some of it and really just kind of remembered the conversation in general, and I realized uh, he's kind of a pro. He's a pro. He's a podcast pro. Very organized, very uh, knowledgeable about his subject, and we tend to fly from the, you know, off the cuff, right?
1: Talk out of our ass. Yes. Um, yeah, he's an ace. Um, class act. Um, very nice guy. First time I've actually met him. Um Conversed with him on social media, time to time, like this, like that. Um, Know of him, listen to his stuff. Um, Great guy.
0: Yeah, so he inspired me a little bit. So today, I took step one in the process of uh, recovery, and I made a list. I made a list of topics that we can talk about and stay on the rails. Inevitably, we'll go off the rails, but short term, we're going to stay on the rails. Topic number one, last night's game. For those of you that are friends of the show or even a newbie, uh, you know we're here in St. Louis, and you know we got our new team. And last night, Jared, was uh, they turned the lights on and put players on the field. So you started to tell me your gut feelings about the evening earlier, and I really didn't engage because I wanted you to save it for this. Talk about last night. Talk about how you felt pregame, walking in the gates, and as the players took the field? Uh,
1: Brother. Um, Long day at work. It was like the rat race. Get out of there. Get out of there. Hurry up. Get downtown. Um, Rushed downtown. um, Checked out the new Maggie's. Um, All that stuff means nothing. Walked into the stadium. Um, The emotion. My wife looked at me and said, are you crying? And I'm like, no, you're crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm like... Just the emotion, just, uh, I mean, uh, 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 a word potpourri here of the, the, the people, the, the people in this community, the, the people that are no longer with us, the, the, the Ed Laramies, the Tom Holmes, the, the, uh, all of the coaches and, and players and fans that if they could have seen last night and, and what that meant to everybody in there, I I, the game aside game was awesome the facility is absolutely beautiful but just walking into that place I I don't have enough words for it I I mean it was emotional
0: yeah no it was um I'm with you you know and that's probably the for the fourth fifth time I've been in the stadium obviously without team without fans me as well um we've we've seen it over the past few months in particular the 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 construction and the lights and the lack of lights and everything else that was going on last night though walking into the stadium with the uh the magnitude just the onslaught of fans in the gear head to toe uh the music pumping the the the, the team colors the uh, food smell the, yeah the food the, yeah exactly it did not smell like a typical you know ball game with nacho cheese in one Uh. nostril and popcorn in the other it it smelled like a a fine dining experience you know and and looking down on the field and seeing Those, the the seats, the, uh, you know, just consumer seats, seats that you could buy where you sat on the field. They were across from us. You noticed those. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seeing those seats and then seeing the supporter section and the whole nine yards, it was like, Jesus Christ, this really is happening. Even though we knew it was coming, but it it took me back a little bit, like, Uh. back. Um, And then the game starts and you see, you know, you got hudson Adoy on the field with... um, Leverkusen and and just knowing that our boys are in that mix now, you know, our team the City 2 what they did uh this and this the the inaugural season for them in in the in that second division. It was it was it was fun. It was fun, it was emotional, it was all of that. Game goes and the game pretty much went as expected. I mean, I, I don't think any of us you know, are, are lying to ourselves or kidding ourselves that a team with six players, seven players that have been together for roughly three, four months and a, and a group of other players that are lower level players, division players, mixing with them, uh, we're going to take the field and legitimately, you know, box with Bear Leverkusen, who beat Atletico Madrid two weeks ago in Champions League. Right.
1: Yeah, they're in form. They're in fine form. Um, their, their movement um, with the ball and off the ball. Um, I, I guarantee you our players learned last night. Um, it was class. I mean, yeah. That, that's it's how they got out of tight spaces. If anybody likes the game of soccer, um, listening, you, you liked last night. You, I mean, just everything about it from the from the from the jump. I mean.
0: Can you imagine what it's going to be like whenever it's 65 degrees, 70, 80, 85, uh, where everybody's a little bit more spread out? You know, because the weather was, it was a little brutal there at points last night. It was cold.
1: It was, it was cold. I, um, yeah, I I, I was cold. And I was layered and gloved and hatted and and I was cold.
0: Yeah, it didn't really take away from my experience. You know, and you look at that, uh, uh, Fixed versus growth mindset, right? My growth mindset was my beer is getting colder. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't pay extra for that. That was a bonus. Uh, and, you know, and then at the end of the game, um, I, I, I just want fast to fast-forward the, to the end of the game. Uh, obviously, we ended up losing 3-0. But the highlight for me, honestly, as it pertains to the team, were the subs. when the When the kids came in, Right around the, I think it was around the seventieth minute. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, and you know who I'm talking about. Yep, Aaron and Caden. Yep. So Herd, Aaron Hurd, and Caden Glover come on the field playing up top. And for those of you that have been listening to the show or are familiar with the names, they are puppies. Uh, Caden, in particular, is, I think he's only fifteen years old. Right? He's, it, he's a it, it, sophomore in high yeah. school?
1: If he's 16, I'd be shocked. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, he's an 07, mm-hmm. one year older than our boys, man-child, incredibly talented. And, you know, we were joking walking out of there, Beckett and Emmy and myself, um, you know, talking about Caden taking the field. And, and I asked them, I'm like, what do you guys think? You know, you guys train with him regularly. You know, you're, you're around him often. And Beckett's comment was, "Can you imagine what he's going to tell everybody at school tomorrow?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the first comment. Yeah, like, oh my God,
0: you know, and it, it, you know, the simplicity of kids amaze, never ceases to amaze me. And that was the comment, I'm like, "Yep, that's it." Yeah, you know, he's he's standing in front of 23,000 people, you know, and he, he, frankly, he played well. You, if you wouldn't have known, you would never have known that he was literally a child. And uh, did really really well. I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid.
1: Absolutely. It, it, that comment Beckett made reminds me of uh, when we did the show with Jesse, when he took his kid down there, and this kid said, um, "That house isn't very sturdy." Yeah, you know, kind yeah. of that innocence, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah the the obvious nature of what's right in front of you. Well,
1: well and one thing that I I, I definitely want to mention. Um, know it came together quick um the game was put on uh, don't know that it was expected maybe it was the master plan in the back office and it was brought to the forefront quickly but for the dry run um kudos to the organization kudos to the stadium staff kudos to the ownership because I, i'm sure everybody was nervous for the quote-unquote dry run um I, the, the place is first class i yeah. mean the, the it's the, the flow the the seats the bathrooms the I, I i mean kudos to the group uh and everybody involved putting it on because i, I mean
0: yeah and the thing is you know they're only going to get better yeah, absolutely night one i would say that you know because i i did a couple laps around you know shaking hands kissing babies and yeah. checking it all out uh never had a problem to get beer never had a problem get food never had a problem using the restroom You know, never had a problem finding a trash can. All that little stuff added up to an experience to where there was nothing that stood out that annoyed me.
1: The pothole on market in between Maggie's and the... Southeast yeah. corner. I mean, that's the only. I mean, <laughs> did you find that? Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might sprain your ankle on the way in. That's that's the only thing that anybody can get upset about, and that yeah. will be fixed soon.
0: Well, congratulations, city, uh, the organization, team, players, everything, families that uh, have you know put in the time as well for their kids that ended up you know like the Cadens. Uh, Kudos to all of you. You deserve uh, all the accolades you get after last night. Can't wait for March. Um, Now, in my organized, newly found organized nature, uh, that Matt inspired me. uh, Step uh, topic number two is kind of a tale off of that. You know, we were talking about Caden, talking about Aaron, the 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 youth, and we were we were discussing the other night about uh, jersey sales, and you know. How important it is for St. Louisans to support their own, love their own, especially the ones that excel, got me thinking. And I just want to have a quick kind of rapid fire. Historically, St. Louis, name some players, any sport that kind of carry that flame for the city. For example, I just I, I just typed a few down: Jason Tatum, NBA, yeah, Max Jason. Scherzer, yeah. Uh, Jackie Joyner Kersey, Mark Burley, Burley, right? Uh, here's one, Pete Weber.
1: Pete Weber,
0: right? You know who I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The bowler. Exactly. St. Louis.
1: Yep. Uh, Eastside right? St. Louis is
0: finest. I, 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 is he I Belleville?
1: Know. I'm not
0: sure. What, no, you know who's from Belleville? Jimmy Connors. Jimmy Connors. So, we you know it's funny because like we, we always talk about St. Louis. We're homers about everything. I started thinking about all of the athletes that we love, kind of regardless of what team they're on, because they're ours, right? Who, Absolutely. Who, who else? Name, name some others. Taylor.
1: I mean, we're missing uh, in the soccer. Uh, Taylor, Taylor. Brad. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, Brian McBride. I mean. Uh, yeah, he was Luke He was slow guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um. So the reason
0: I'm naming all these because I want people to really think about, you know, how much we idolize those athletes in particular at the highest level. And now we have a team, an MLS team. And we are now in the waiting game of who that name will be that will be ours on our team. You know, the thing about Taylor, great. St. Louis kid, born and bred, clubs, you know, still loves the city. But he did it in New England. Yep. You know? I yep. mean, if there's an asterisk to this conversation, that's it. But we now have a team to where we can remove the asterisks. So, I'm really excited to see what happens over the next three, four, five
1: years for one of those kids to pop, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, without question. I mean, that, and I said it in the show. I mean, to me, the fictitious scenario of Taylor wind back the clock, leading goal scorer, MVP, right. playing on market. I mean, I, I guarantee you, he, he would have loved that. Um, you're right. It just, I mean,
0: imagine if Vidad would be 21 years old now.
1: Yeah, or if, if, if Tim Ream was yeah. 28, right. you know, or 25, you know. or
0: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because those players, the, the, that level, that caliber of player, uh, you know, from a youth comparison, they exist. We, we have them in our backyard that are training right now on a multitude of fields around the St. Louis area. One of those kids is going to be, you know, the first.
1: Absolutely. That kid could be nine years old out in Creve Corps on Lou Fuse's field right now. That yep. kid could be in Ken Godat's inner city program down in wherever that's at, Spanish Lake or wherever he's going or doing that. Right. At. You know, um, they, 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 they're there. You're right. Yeah. No,
0: I, I'm excited for that. Um, so here's what we're going to do, man. Uh, I felt like that organization helped. I feel good about that. I I, I feel like that was not too chaotic. I got more for later, but, um, how do you feel about that? You like, you like, you like coming in with topics? I I,
1: I mean, I'm either way. I'm, I'm, um, (laughs) I like it. Uh, I like the shithousery, if you will, um, of the unorganized way. And I can, I can follow that way as well. Well,
0: here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. Um, uh, we've got, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a guest with a ton of accolade, uh, experience and undoubtedly some stories that, uh, really looking forward to it. So, uh, take a break. Thank you, Urban Chestnut for hosting us. We will be right back. Mmm, mmm. hey everyone jb here with the soccer dad pod this break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity little did you know that we are accepting sponsors really and as a sponsor of the show you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents some soccer fans and most definitely drinkers consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccer dad pod at gaslight Now back to the mindless banter. We're going to start over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was All right. The ball. We're, uh,
0: we're back we're 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 over here at urban chestnut brewing company uh just um had a fun little situation apparently i ordered uber eats that i didn't know i ordered (laughs) but uh, we ushered in our guest here we got some fresh beers from our friends at urban chestnut all the beer here typically is yellow and always very good um i'm uh we're rolling back in with a little bit of specific music and again i always have a theme around the songs um this song came out on an album and anybody want to guess what year it came out
1: uh 92
0: a little earlier 90 90 and yeah yeah, that yeah and that would have been the year that i first met our guest um uh... he was my coach for a brief period of time on a team that was never meant to be but uh... overachieved nonetheless and we'll cover that in a second but i'm gonna uh... lay it out here in the intro jared and i talked about the highlights characteristics adjectives of this guest mentioning um st louis player uh... collegiate all-american uh... national champion professional player et cetera et cetera et cetera and i'd like to welcome uh, our guest for the for the episode Mr. Ed Gettemeyer. How are you, Ed?
2: I am doing great. Thanks, JB. Appreciate the opportunity to talk soccer.
0: Yeah, no problem. We'll uh, we will definitely be talking soccer at least a portion of the show and shit the rest of the show. So (laughs) So, so, I'm good at that as well. All right. Well, good. Well, you're going to fit in just fine then. How are you doing? I mean, it's it's been a long time since we've been in uh, the the presence of one another. you know, you were mentioning when you walked in, you're like still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life, right? All yeah, right. Uh, so uh, let's fill in a little bit of the gaps, and then we'll go back to the uh, 101.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, after I retired uh, from being a soccer player, uh, it was uh, that that was a great journey. Uh, soccer's been great to me. It's given me everything in my life. But I had to figure out then what I wanted to be when I grew up, and had a short stint with uh, the St. Louis Ambush. Uh, well, I went back to SIU and I, I coached there for a couple of years with with Eddie Honnicky, and I had a great time uh, he's he's a he's a wonderful man, but uh, then I had an opportunity with the ambush, stayed with the Ambush for about a year and a half, and then uh, decided I wanted to go into coaching and I went back to school to to get my teaching certification, uh, got that, and became a coach for four years and that was that was a lot of fun at Francis Howe High School and Francis Howe. Uh, Central High School. I was the boys at Central and the girls at Howe. And um, all of a sudden, you know, I went back to school again. I think I'm a life a lifer in school. And uh, I uh, became the AD at Howe North. Okay, nice. So yeah, it was, it was what good. What years were
1: you the AD at Howe
2: North? Oh my god, now you're going to kill him here. Howe North would have been she, uh Late
1: 90s. So, like the the Livingston, Brandon Gibbs, Mark Bur- Burley.
2: That, well, Burley was before me. Yeah. Uh, and Burley's a funny story because my friend Terry Edding out there, he was a coach and he, he has the dubious uh, honor of cutting Mark Burley as a freshman <laughs> and a sophomore. And uh, he's, it's funny because he said, you know, he hadn't developed it, he hadn't grown up. He was a little bitty guy. He couldn't break the pane of the glass. But um, obviously, we all. We all have those stories from our past. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I mean, it's that's kind of like that story, that theme. We brought it up a number of times on this podcast and specifically talking with parents about parents and how they adapt to dealing with their child's position in sport or their level in sport. And, you know, especially in the, the ages of uh, 10, 11, 12 through high school, you know i i how many how many times have I said Jared that none of it matters until puberty hits <laughs> you know <laughs> there's some truth to that a you lot know, of truth to that, yeah, because I mean look, at, at the end of the day we 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 all see talent, we know when a kid is athletic, we know when a kid's hand eye or aggressiveness or things like that you know Ken Godat talks about it perfectly, you know when we asked him uh you know from over there at Gallagher like how how do you determine or, or you know what what is it in your eyes when you see these young kids and he's like it is just it's the aggressiveness it's the it's the athleticism he goes we can teach them soccer skills well we can't teach them to do those things you know and then whenever kids enter into junior high into the early years of high school i mean some some of them are late bloomers right? yeah absolutely
2: yeah 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 I, and i think really uh when you talk about the it factor I, there's there's a ton of kids with a, a hell of a lot of talent out there i mean there's talent galore but the kids that have that that it is there something that's intangible that's in their heart? yeah, and you can sense that in their heart that 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 desire that 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 drive to just be the best and and so that's 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 great when you see a kid and it, it might not be the kid that is the most skillful right out there, but you can just see that that kid is going to do whatever it takes to make it.
0: yeah, well, you've had obviously an extensive uh, personal playing career, coaching career, and obviously an administrative career, you've seen, you've ran the gamut. So what I want to do is I want to go backwards to your personal career. Um, you know, I've alluded to, I mentioned uh, some some of your accolades, uh, but l- give us the 10,000 foot view. You, you know, you, you grew up here in, in, in the area, uh, high school, college, you know, what position, what'd you win? And walk us through a little bit of that uh,
1: pro career. Talk no a mind. lot about the Bush years. The Bush, you, you're talking yeah, the, about the Bush years were amazing. What? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> this. look, I mean,
0: <laughs> I'm the one east Eastsider at the table, and oh, don't and forget that. We talked that, about
2: that back, and we're going to talk about that and, when we put that team. Together. And, and don't
0: forget, I have the power of edit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful power. Uh, no, I uh, I grew up in in Baldwin when Baldwin was a uh, a farm town. I, I remember, you know, my father and mother. You know, we we were modest means, and when we were going to go out to a restaurant, I had, there's seven kids in my family, so if we were going to go out to a restaurant, which happened maybe twice in uh, all of my childhood, uh, you had to go all the way to Lindbergh, because 270 wasn't there yet. Wow. Uh, Baldwin was just a farm town. Yeah. So grew up there, and so soccer wasn't really big out there, except for I grew up across the street from Holy Infant Parish, when it was a really Mm -hmm. tight parish, and so, uh, that was the only sport I can play because I could, walk up, I could walk across the street. So I was looking very forward to that. So I uh, did that. Um, I was a fat kid. you know. I was, a, I was a <laughs> 130, 140 pounds in third grade, and so I couldn't run very well. So the coach is like, you're not going to be able to play the field, son. You're going to have to play in the goal because you can't do anything else. And so I became a goalie. And uh, the, the rest was history. I, I went on to John F. Kennedy High School and played there, and I got to play against a lot of really good teams and got uh, to taste a lot of humble pie when I was playing against Aquinas and Rosary, and they were smoking us out at, out of Kennedy. But you know what? They scored 10 goals, but I'd stopped 50. So, yeah. and, you know, it was okay. <laughs> it's, but, so, it's so
0: funny. <laughs> like, oh, you know, when when I look at goalies in particular, number one, I don't like them as a striker, so I always have a little disdain right, for right. goalies. But uh, you, I, I look globally. Like, you know, having the ability now in our world where we can watch any league at any time, any time of the day, right? And you see these goalies that are the mid-tier team or the mid-tier goalie or the bottom third goalie. And how, you know how many of them, like, are the A goalies on their national squads? Later, <laughs> like,
2: right? They got a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're getting reps. They're getting drilled. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> You know, right. And that, was, and that was a beautiful thing. And honestly, uh, at Kennedy High School, the funny part about that was is when I came out of Kennedy, I was a baseball player too. As a matter of fact, I, I had probably more promise in baseball than I did in soccer at the time. But uh, a guy by the name of Rick Benven, who was the assistant coach at SIU, came out to watch uh, me play basketball, and I had never played basketball in my life. I decided my senior year I was going to play basketball, and uh, it was it was it was pretty much a shit show. It was funny, <laughs> uh, but uh, but Rick talked to me after the game and. He said you know he said you know you're not a very good basketball player but he said your hands are good he says i'd like to talk to you a little bit more about becoming a goalkeeper out at siu edwardsville and so uh we we had some conversations uh i didn't play for any of the big club teams back then right uh and so uh went out to siu and when i got out there it was uh it was rough my my first year my freshman year i was around all these Big name soccer players. I knew them because they were the guys that scored goals off me. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I'm playing with, you know, the Don Eberts of the world and, you know, Bobby Bezada's. Right. And and uh, I was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was I was, a, I was a goalie that didn't know how to be a goalie. Did they redshirt you? They did. Okay. There you go. And so that what they decided to do was redshirt me that freshman year because Bob ropeson was a goalkeeper at the time. And uh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And then I got to train with all these guys for a complete year, and I got a freebie, right? And so, uh, yeah, the rest was history in 79 then. Uh, I split time with a guy named Mark Downer, and um, basically we won the national championship. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's,
0: that's awesome. amazing. So you, you, you go from... Rudy status.
1: Yeah, I was <laughs> I was lower than Rudy. I don't know what I was. It's <laughs> a Clemson for the national championship in Tampa Stadium. Yeah, right. so, yeah. So was, you was know, amazing. L- so
0: let's 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 just focus on that for a second. You know, a, you know, recapping what you just said as the ball win kid without really a soccer pedigree. You go there, you know, kind of thinking at least I'm going to get an education. And fast forward to that moment in time where you're playing Clemson in front of those people. Do you remember – I mean, I'm sure you do. We all remember these things. But what were you thinking? When you walked on that field and you saw the environment, felt it, heard it, yeah. what, what, what was going through your mind?
2: Yeah, Tampa Stadium was amazing. It was amazing to walk on that field. But I'd like to back up because that the story of that team is truly amazing. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I, I heard you, you talk about it in a couple podcasts ago uh, with, with Shane uh, – Hansen, but Shane stay stay now yeah. uh, You talked a little bit and you mentioned about Bob Gelker and the history of Bob Gelker So I think it's important to note that that year when Bob Gelker put that team together number one He was focused on defenders. She talked about that and that thing. He said we got to build up our defense Yep, you know because if we don't allow them to score right and and <clears throat> University of San Francisco the previous two years have won national championships and uh, they scored a lot of goals And so Bob, uh, Coach Gelker said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna shore up our defense." And so that's what he did. But what was so cool about what Bob did, and Coach G did, I should say, is is he believed in the strength of schedule. And so we opened up that year uh, on the West Coast, and we played against the defending national champion for Division One. The defending national champion for Division Two. who were those schools? And the defending national champion for NAI. NAI was Simon Fraser yep. up in Vancouver. And then we went and played San Francisco, which is the defending one national champion, in Seattle Pacific. The Dons. Dons. Yeah, the Dons from San Francisco. You might have remembered when they came to St. Louis. When, well,
1: I, I Actually, I played against San Francisco at Missouri State. Yeah, we, what's we went the, out there. What's oh, the Missouri
0: yeah. State score, by the way? It's 1-1.
1: One, one. Uh, well, you Creighton's, didn't mention that. Creighton scored one late here. It's 1-1, oh. one, one, five minutes left. Uh, and Creighton, uh, Missouri State's on their heels.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, no I, good. so if you leave early, I'll know what the score is.
1: Uh, I'm not leaving. <laughs> this is riveting. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, so,
2: so, yeah. so you
0: guys start off, and he's like, look, if we're going to do this, if we're going to heavyweight box, we're going to go. Fight heavy
2: right, right. Well, then he, we have the schedule, right? And it's an unbelievable schedule. Then Coach has a heart attack, or a tri- triple bypass, quadruple bypass heart surgery because he's ha- going to have a heart attack two weeks before we're supposed to go to, to the West Coast. Wow. And so he's having surgery. So now all of a sudden, Rick Benven's taken over the team, and uh, it was it was it was a really weird time because we didn't know how coach was going to do. It was not a good thing, and back then, a quadruple bypass surgery didn't, didn't yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, a, wasn't, wasn't what, a good thing. It wasn't this like this was a a quickie, in '79, right? Yeah, it wasn't it was a quickie lube. Right. You know, quickie lube like today, right, <laughs> right? Exactly. And so what happened then is is he uh, coach just had the surgery. It went well. So, Coach decided he was going to go on the West, go to the West Coast. So, they had to consult his doctors. He went out there. He had a wheelchair. Jesus. They put him on a plane. He joined the team because he didn't come out with us, and uh, and he coached from the sideline uh, after that 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 surgery. And our team, we really were high on our team that year. We thought we were going to be really great. We had some great players, but we opened that trip two two and two. So we lost a couple of games because, oh, I didn't mention the other two teams we played that weren't national champions were UCLA. Heard of them. Uh, once or twice, Santa Clara. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Heard yeah. of them.
1: They're okay soccer <laughs> schools.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, then, and then Washington yeah. and University of Washington. So uh, we opened that. Current number one. Yeah. We, we, and it's funny because we, our first game of the season against Seattle up in Vancouver, uh, I think it was eight seconds into the
1: game, Eber
2: scored. I mean, literally.
1: Wow. He took the ball down, boom, goal. So, so in we- 79... Um- how uh, You guys are a collection of 18 to 22-year-olds, let's call it. Yeah. Um, how old has Rick Ben been in 79? You know, Rick had to be about in his mid-30s maybe. Really? Early 30s. Because he, mm-hmm. I mean, he was recently coaching, I think,
2: at UMKC. He was. He was. As a matter of fact, I just I just had Jesus. the honor of going to the Browns boot game with him. I'm going to have to pay you more if you start pulling out I these guys. I tell you what, that's sets. impressive. That's yeah. impressive. Like, Jesus. Rick, and, and Rick is, I mean, Rick is really, he, he's a... He's a guy that uh, I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves for for helping bridge that team and put bring that team together. And he's a man, nice guy. He's amazing. He's a amazing real nice man. guy. I so owe the, a lot to him. So then
0: I assume the rest of the schedule was weighted accordingly. Clearly, you had conference. Um, right, we went,
2: right. And we went when we went on though uh, two, two, and two. I mean, we were thinking, okay, the crap's hitting the fan. And then we go on and we tie Umsl like two or three games later, and. So now we're, you know, we have a tie in there. We have, you know, three ties and two losses. And so the team comes together and has a meeting, no coaches. And we all say, look, guys, you know, this, yeah. is, a, this is a bunch of crap, you know, and that we talked about grit and you talked about that in your last couple podcasts, that it factor. And I mean, that, in that moment, that team came together like no team I've ever played for. And we never lost another game. That's wow. 19 in a row. Yeah. Onto a national championship. So, day.
0: was there anybody on that team that was that, um, that, that either A, uh, coordinated that particular meeting, or B, was the spark plug to keep that motor running?
2: Yeah, I'm sure you've heard the Hundelt name in the past. Uh, sure. Dave Hundelt uh, and a and guy by the name of Dave Hummer were the two captains of the team at the time, okay. and they were really the glue that brought everybody together. Ebes, he was the guy that was you know, he liked to score goals and he didn't, he didn't like anything else. And, uh, and so, but, but, you know, he would, you know, he, he took responsibility for his role. and, Creighton. There, and, and Two to one. Everybody. on Oh, see. Bummer. <laughs> Jared, if you need Two to, to start away seven left. and get a refill. the <laughs> morning, I was going to say. There's just, gonna, just
1: calmly uh, put I think your we have thumb. some tissues over there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
2: my oh, bummer. Gosh. Two and a half minutes left. I hate it when that happens. So, i tell you the story. Oh, well, be
0: beginning of a half, into the half, you know, you, you better, whatever your brain was doing, double it. You know, because you if you don't, right. like, uh, you're in trouble.
1: Missouri State's done a lot of good things recently, and as far back into the early 2000s, but Creighton has our number. I mean, I, I think I can count on one hand how many times we beat Creighton.
0: Well, I think Creighton really, since the you know, late 80s, early 90s, just they 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 figured out the secret sauce. Their recruiting is phenomenal, uh, and they play they play a tough Midwest system. And, uh,
1: we played them eight times. I think we were ranked in the top 20 all four years I was there. I think we only beat them twice. Yeah. yeah. And, you know,
2: there are some teams that that's just that way. Isn't it? Isn't that odd? I mean, there's just some teams that's just that way. SIU Slew.
1: Dickheads. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
0: Well, I was going to ask about that. I mean, because obviously, um, you know, during those years up through – I mean, it faded a little bit going into the 90s, but that siu slew rivalry right. uh, was that was the marquee game in the area. It was, and then there was a mm-hmm. big timeout pause, you know, because it mm-hmm. just wasn't there anymore. And now we're back, right? We're back, and That's then exciting, you know. And you're rolling in uh, IU, obviously, into the mix more consistently. Right. Um, you know how, how does that how does that make you feel? Kind of seeing the alma mater uh regroup rebrand refresh um you know and uh, you know, where
2: where do you see it going well you know siu versus slu is you know that's uh that brings back some unbelievable memories bush stadium you know putting you know twenty thousand people in bush stadium to watch a, a college soccer game uh we we actually uh we've had the beat SLU twice to get to the national championship. We had to beat them in the regular season in Bush Stadium and then we had to beat them back again out at SIU which was uh, uh, I think SIU's only beaten SLU three times in their history and two of them were that year en route to the national championship. So let me ask you then um, defeating SLU versus
0: Defeating Clemson in, in that final, <laughs> what what ranks
2: higher? Well, for me, uh, the uh, the SIU the double game at SIU because there were two penalty kicks in those games, oh, and I, and know. I was in goal, and uh, they missed the whole goal. Uh, they missed the whole goal. goal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They, well
0: actually <laughs> he's the, taking out his Missouri State <laughs> frustrations <laughs> on the puck.
2: <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Steve Sullivan, you remember that name back in I in the, in the Saint Louis U. Uh, history. We played a game out at Sau, and it was just a tremendous atmosphere out there. The seven thousand people—you couldn't standing room only. It was packed, and us and Slew, you know, we played together for the Bush team, you know, and we would bring our teams together. So we all knew each other. We were all friends, sure. but when we got on the field, we, you know, we we couldn't be friends in that, in those moments. But uh, nope. But uh, yeah, we uh, uh, Steve Sullivan had a PK late in the game, and that would have been for them to go ahead and uh he, he didn't you know he, or, no actually I, I take it back that was in the in uh, at the stadium and he didn't hit it well and he hit it to my strength and, and I was able to get my hands on it but then at SIU think that was when when it was for all the marbles in the tournament right yeah and they could go ahead and Steve goes up there and I couldn't believe they that Harry Keel put Steve on the on the line to hit the ball again after he already stopped after I stopped him a week earlier yeah and uh, he did and so I was actually feeling pretty good about it, and uh, when Steve hit it, he just mishit it. I mean, he was looking at me to try to see if I would move, you know how guys will sure. look, look at the goalkeeper, and I waited, <clears throat> and when I waited, it, Slowed flustered, him down. it flustered him, and then he just he missed it a lot. I guessed right, but he missed it wide. Nice. So, uh, and then we get a PK against David Bersick, you know, not two minutes later. Remember that name, too. And and Ebert Ebert buries it, and then we win the game. That's awesome. Bro. So it was a, it was that was that was very very cool. So, so so,
0: you know, playing in in that rivalry at that school, you know, going going down to Tampa, winning that game um, after a few short years earlier, or really, you know, the year, because you played two years. That was your sophomore year, correct?
2: It was my sophomore year, but it was really my freshman year of eligibility. Got it. So then you had <clears throat> two, two, two more years of playing,
0: or a full three? three more. Mm-hmm. Full three. Yeah, so you, we went to the
2: final four of my senior year.
0: So you went through all of that, and when you hit your senior year, final four wraps up, you know, was there a point um, where you were reflecting, knowing uh, well, I'm assuming you knew that the the potential of uh, pro coming down the pipe, mm-hmm. uh, but you go back five years and you you were never meant to be there. No, like, w- w- were you? Did you ever like reflect on that and like, did did it click that 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 you kind of broke the rules a little bit?
2: You know, um, and Rick and I had a nice talk, Ben Ben, after and Coach Gilker did, and actually. One of the coolest conversations I had was with Timmy Gelker, who had who had uh, he he'd graduated a year earlier, I mean his last year. and uh, and Tim said, "Did you ever believe that you'd be here?" And I said, "No, I didn't. Uh, it was uh, it's been a blessing, but uh, it's been a lot of hard work and it's been a lot of uh, uh, you know, a lot of craziness and a lot of a lot of breaks, honestly. I got a lot of breaks. I mean, when, when you stop penalty kicks, you know you know as well as I know that's just luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, well it's, I wouldn't know because nobody ever
0: stopped mine. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna talk about that volume hit names and uh,
0: Holland. <laughs> See, I like this guy. in the championship. Yeah, you can come back yeah. any time, man. <laughs> no, it's it's I, I I think about you know stories like yours because uh, you know we we all know so many players that have that have rode that roller coaster mm-hmm. and more's. In particular, were really kind of sitting in the back seat until they weren't, yeah. you know, through determination, luck, whatever it is, right. or puberty, right? Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah. And it all, I love those stories because it's like, you know, the, the sport is, if you don't have passion and if you don't have discipline, you might as well forget it. Right. You know, right. it's never gonna work. So, yeah. you know, when you play those games and you reflect on it, you know what, what? Emotionally, what stands out to you emotionally?
2: Well, I, I think the the battles, the the battles of, um, and then the 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 dreams and the desires to. I loved being an underdog. I mean, I thought that was. I mean, all throughout my career, I loved being underdogs. I remember saving newspaper articles when they didn't rank us number one,
1: you oh, know, yeah. and we would be oh,
2: not yeah. even in the top 20. And I'm like, okay, that's bullshit. I'm going to, I'm going to save this article. You're going to put it and in your I'm fridge gonna, yeah, like and Rocky. And we're going to look at it, right? You, you, you <laughs> got Apollo Creed
0: on your fridge. Like, <laughs> so I'm uh, coming.
2: Yeah. So we, we did. And, and, and really there's, I have, I still have to this day, the article that they wrote about us in, uh, when we went down to the final four in Tampa and it was like the battle of the cats, you know, cause every, every team had a cat mascot. And, uh, and Clemson smoked uh, American in the semifinal. It was like 5-1. So I remember Seamus Mount. I don't know if you remember that name. He's the guy, guy that broadcasts on ESPN. Yep. yep. And uh, he basically wrote us off. I mean, he was talking about how great Clemson was and how SIU, you know, it's nice that they got here, but, they, you know, really, <laughs> really kind of. sexy. Yeah, yeah, it's really kind of <laughs> sad, <laughs> it, it, you it, know.
0: Yeah, well, we, we talked about. That exactly that the whole love affair with ACC, but when you really peel the onion back, you know the team right around the corner here—it's got the most appearances yeah. in the game. Slu, right. Absolutely. you know, and, and and I look at SIUE's role in in that relationship, and, and frankly, like uh, uh, Flow Valley and Merrimack and all, all these yeah, orbs, yeah, you, you know, know he was a, he had a machine going there. All, all these schools in, in this backyard that. I mean if there was ever any like synergy if there was a if if there had been an ability to create synergy and create a true pipe to one how good would have been that one school in
1: oh, our backyard
2: wow. Well I tell you well the Bush team was for the
1: last 30 years
2: Yeah oh, okay. every exactly. year Excellent. absolutely but in that that group of guys was truly truly special and and when I if I threw those names out but because SIU and SLU got together for That's the Bush same team. with us and so I think that that re- our record over 3 years. But by the way, we at SIU we won the national championship and then what several months later we won the national championship with Bush and then we won the national championship championship again the following year with Bush with that core group of people. So yeah. how many how many groups of Kids can say that they won three national championships in 18 months. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's true. That's pretty crazy. amazing. It's, it's crazy. But, but, and our record, I want to say, Tim Rooney was a coach with us then too. And he, he, big props to, to Rooney. He was great. Ben Ben also did a little stint there. But I think Rooney, I, I saw him years later and he said, you realize when we had that team over three years. Our record was like a hundred and three and five.
1: Well, that's just what Bush was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody knows it. I mean, it, it wasn't and the Granite City Elks, but you know what? though? Everybody, but you everybody stop was yourself. gunning. Everybody, everybody was gunning
0: for us.
2: Everybody was gunning for us. I okay, mean, well,
0: well, let's go ahead and talk about Holland so we can level the playing field. Here. <laughs> 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 no, you know the the thing is, like we were, uh, we, we joke about this. Yes, everybody gunned for Bush. Everybody, everybody. I, I fully mm. admit that. Um, we didn't have any problem competing. So maybe the teams you played, Jared, they were a little bit weaker. They were younger, you know, oh us old. Gosh, we had
1: the same thing. We had the collection of all the university D1 guys came back for 18, 19. And yeah. um, I will say this, we never won nationals, but we got second yeah. two or three years in a row.
0: You know, right. well, second place, first place loser. Yeah. Let's exactly. get that out of the exactly. way. Ouch.
1: Exactly. Ouch. But, hey, we, were,
2: we, we might have been 106. You were at the show. Yeah. You were at the dance. At least you were invited. So,
0: so – you have that run uh let's let's jump into uh you go from the collegiate you know t- top level here comes indoor uh your your pro career did, did you know that that was what you wanted to do or was it kind of like the the slingshot kept on like picking up momentum from what you accomplished in college and you're like you know what? i'm just gonna keep going with
2: this well th- um, I think uh, I didn't. My first year, actually, I, it, there was a senior bowl. It was like the I don't know what you call it—the senior bowl, the all-star game of all the, sure. the collegiate athletes. And we all got together, and we, we had had a nice competition, the East versus the West. And uh, after that game, I played in that game, and it was that was just a lot of fun because you got to play with all the guys you played against. And uh, there was a gentleman there that uh, met me after the game. And he said, "We're going to take you in the first round of the draft." And it was Montreal Manning. And I said, oh, "That's awesome, you know." And then, but I knew the Kansas City draft was coming up a couple, weeks, or not the Kansas City, the MISL draft was coming up uh, about a month later. So I was thinking to myself, "Do I want to, do I want to wait for that draft, or do I want to, you know, what do I want to do?" Did you have an agent? I did. <clears throat> after only after he, like the next week after that gentleman talked to me, then I talked to some people and. And then that agent said, well, uh, really, you know, the MISL is there and it's great, but you know, if you can make it into the NSL, it'd yeah, be really North, great to yeah. play with those players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so they took me and, and I, I went up to Montreal, but a funny story, cause I'd never been out of the country. And so, and I'm this little farm boy from Baldwin, Missouri, and, uh, and suddenly I'm on a plane, you know. My family's all there when I'm leaving, or all crying and thinking, "Oh God, I'm going to die or something." I'm going up to Canada to play. How good
1: was Labatts? <laughs> yeah, we, we did. Off. They give you, they give you like a <laughs> well, they, they Molson gave you was two- our sponsor. Oh,
2: gosh. Molson. It was we got we got we had two cases of beer a week. You're, you're, I had my whole apartment full of beer. <laughs> Your
0: dad was probably like here, here's some Budweiser. Yeah, right. Case. <laughs> yeah, now he was a stag drinker. So it, oh, yeah, there it, you
2: go. It was so. uh, So yeah, when we went up there, the, the. Uh, the, the coach, uh, I went, I, I'll never forget it. They put me in a in an apartment above a Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, I'm sitting in an apartment. I hear this knock. And, and at the airport, it was their general manager that met me. And he just brought me. And they spoke primarily French. Yep. And uh, But uh, he had a very heavy accent. But he took me there. And uh, the coach was a guy named Andy Lynch. He, he was the former captain of Chelsea. And uh, he had played... He Chelsea. Had, yeah.
1: That's up? an English team, right? You, you might have heard of him. Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> so he, uh,
1: he he meets
2: me in the room, knocks on the door, and I open the door, and he's like, Hi, I'm Andy Lynch, your coach. He had this real, real uh, heavy accent. And I shake his hand, and he's like, pissed off. I don't know what, what's wrong with him. And he says, Let me give it something one thing straight. He said, was my idea to bring you here. <laughs> I am not happy that they wasted the first round draft pick on you. And he says, "If I have anything to do with it, you're you're going home." And I'm like, well, "Fuck you!" Well, you know, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I thought, you know, I thought I was being punked. You know, so I'm looking around, thinking, "Surely this—where's the camera Surely this can't be real." And it was real. And uh, and then, so I go to the first first training day, and it was—I mean, we go to Olympic Stadium, Montreal. You know, sure. a, a, a gigantic stadium. And I'm looking around the stadium, I'm thinking, this is really, really cool, but this dude hates me. And I'm the only American. Everyone else, all, all the other North Americans are Canadian. Right. We have a couple guys from the Canadian national team that were there, Jerry Gray, you know, you know, all that Dale Mitchell, Greg Ian, those names. And... Uh, so I go out, and I, I'm just amazed that all of my clothes are folded and like they did my laundry, and I, you know, all <laughs> I got to do is put them on, and then, I, and then when, it, when we're done, they're like, just drop them on the floor. And I'm like, drop the clothes on the floor? And they're like, yeah, we'll take care of you. So, so that was cool, and so I instantly developed a bond with like the equipment managers and those <laughs> kind of people because they're the only people that treated me okay. Hey, love the little people. Yeah, and, uh, and actually a couple of the players, they were, they were okay, because they like they liked my grit and my you know because nice. when they would when they would give me shit I would give them shit right back and I yeah. didn't know I didn't even understand if they understood what I was saying you know because there was a whole mix of people but my early days there were really rough and uh, homesick homesick terribly and and I, we were so we're I don't know we're about. Uh, so, the, so they decide they, they're going to buy a new goalkeeper, and they buy this guy named Medi Serba from Algeria. He had just played in the World Cup against West Germany, shut him out, so they thought he was going to be great. But he's like five foot8. Well, they can't, they can't get. Who
1: was the back on West Germany at that time? Franz Beckenbauer. Franz Beckenbauer was. So I, I mean, he might have had a little to do with the shutout, but I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he was the
0: goalie
2: was with Algeria, right? Uh, well, Algeria's against yeah, Franz. Yeah. I got a story about Franz Beckenbauer later, but. Uh, <laughs> well, well, let's let's fast forward. <laughs> no, so, no, go ahead. So, let's so anyway, the Algerian guy, you know, so Medi, he, he became, he couldn't get in town in time. So they got this guy, Mike Hewitt, out of San Diego to come play. And Mike was kind of a guy that was a second-teamer and didn't do real well in the first few games. And people were really getting pissed and everybody, the team players were getting pissed. So then uh, uh, they have to, Mike Hewitt's supposed to play, we're supposed to play Team America. If you remember Team America back in the day, it was I like do. that. And so we were going to play Team America. And, uh, and Andy comes into the shower and tells me I'm going home coach the coach says uh we got a plane for you're you going home uh, tomorrow and i'm like fine screw you i'm gonna go try out for the steamers st louis and see what happens and uh so they bring mike hewitt in he rolled his ankle in practice huh. and he can't play <laughs> and they can't get medisir in town they, they can't get him in so you and handcuffed him so they had to play me nice and you so stand on your head it was unbelievable. You know, Ugh. 3 nothing against Team America, shut them out, number one player of the game, blah, blah, blah. Well, now the general manager says, you're not sending them home and because i got to compl- continue to play. Well, I played two or three games, and I was playing out of my butt, and I, I don't even – it was it was like fate. That's and awesome. God, God was with me, you know. And uh, so long story short, I wind up playing. Uh, I wind up starting for them. And we go – we make the playoffs by the skin of our chinny-chin-chin. Chin. Uh, up in New York, we walk off the field. I mean, not in New York, in Chicago. Willie Roy, you know Willie Roy, Mm -hmm. Chicago Sting. We're trying to make the playoffs. Seattle has to win big, or we have to beat uh, Chicago. In Chicago, there's a uh, referee named Evans that I'm playing in. So we're playing against them, and they had a reputation for having, you know, things were kind of fixed a little bit, Carl Heinz each of that group. Now, it's funny that I wanted to play for him later, but but anyway, so we're playing against them, and uh, uh, the game is tied, whatnot. And so the referee calls a bogus penalty kick with like, I don't know, I want to say 10 minutes left in the game. And uh, so, and, and this guy, this referee and I did, don't get along at all, we never did. And so we get in, we, we get there, Granitza hits it and I make the save. And the referee says, You moved
1: early. Moved early, yeah. Oh. Yeah. we're gonna give him another one. So
2: now I'm going a little bit crazy. Well, we get one guy kicked out of the game. And so now we're going to be playing 11 10. So we're trying to keep it together. So this guy named Ricky Alonso, Ricardo Alonso, comes up and hits the ball. He hits the ball probably 30 yards into the stands over the top of the goal. <laughs> they called me for moving early. Oh, my God. They let him take another one.
0: This is like eight men out. Right? Yeah. What were you, right? Shoeless
1: so, Joe took the next one. No, I, I was, <laughs> yeah, well, long dish story dish short, walks on the, the one and
2: only game I ever got kicked out of. Right there. Would have been that because one. That one. And, because I took my jersey off and I gave it to the referee. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that was not good. And uh, so long story short, they go and they take the next – they take the kick. But our coach walks us off the field. They take the, the third penalty kick with no players on the field. And they called Montreal for abandoning the game. So now it looks like we're screwed. You know, we're done. We're not going to make the playoffs. Well, Seattle wins 5-2. The NESL reviews the game. They agree that it was bullshit. It was, it was bullshit, And so they went ahead and let us go in. We we're the number 18. But the problem is we're playing against the number one team. Who's yeah. that? New York Cosmos. Cosmos with Pele? Pele just left it, but it was Beckenbauer. Uh. It was Canalia. It was Cabanas. Can you spell
0: was... Beckenbauer? <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Holy shit. So anyway, long story short, we go up to New York. We're going to play best of three. We go to New York, and, uh, and it was just an amazing game. And, and I, again, I was the gods were with me, standing on my head. And uh, we, uh, we were – I forget what we – the score was like 2-1. Uh, we are winning, and there's so much time left, and so they call a penalty kick again. And I'm thinking, here goes you know, deja vu again. And so, uh, Canalia steps up to it, and he goes to hit it. He hits it to my left. Right in my right in my my strength zone, make the save, and uh, we go on to win that game four two. So now they got to come back to Montreal and play against us, and it's it's going to be a bloodbath because you know you can imagine the papers in New York, the papers mm-hmm. in Montreal, because the yeah, number eighteen sure. that shouldn't even been there yep. had right. just beaten the Cosmos, who were who were Favorite hands down draw. the best team. Yep. And so uh, so we go in and play in that game. We play in Montreal. Once again, the guys were with me. uh, Things went really, really well. And uh, I'll never forget you talk about Beckenbauer. Uh, Beckenbauer comes up through the middle. You know, Beckenbauer has a a reputation of distributing the ball, you know, blah, blah, blah. So all of our guys, had parted like the Red Sea. And this is like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes left in the game. And it's 0-0 beckham coming through, and all our guys are are going and they're, they're marking the guys that he's going to pass the ball to. And he never passes the ball. So it's just me and him. He's in on you. He's just me and him. And uh, he hits it. And, I, you know, and I never made saves with my feet. But I my foot goes out. I make like a goalie kick save. It goes and hits the cross or the uh, goal post and it comes back to me. And it's like this is this is this is meant to be.
0: This is surreal. Yeah. Did, did you take your jersey off at that point? You're like no, okay, no, I'm no. done. Well, not, but
2: now, but now we're zero zero, right? And we're right. going overtime zero zero. So now I find myself we're in a shootout. And in the shootout, I'm Beckenbauer's in the circle. Johan Niskins is in the circle. Uh, Bogi Bogicevic is in the circle. Roberto Cabanas, who scored the goal of the year, is in the circle, and Rick Davis. Rick Davis is the weakest one in the circle.
1: Yeah. And, well, you got one of the Mount Rushmores in that circle at least. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> like, well, at,
0: the, at that time, I mean, like it, during that game, did did you did you ever like I'm I'm assuming you didn't, but was there like a point where you're like shit?
2: Yeah, oh, I, I wanted Beckenbauer's jersey. I was thinking, how can I get Beckenbauer's jersey? Will he sign this after the game? You should have walked up at the and, and, PKs. <laughs> like, I'll make a deal <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so so we go into the PKs, and there's five, and it's it's on it's on. He actually on YouTube. You can see it. So I'm in goals, and you can see how pumped up I'm. I'm jumping all over the place, and Davis is the first guy. Well, he's going to go to hit it. The crowd was so loud, they blow the whistle, and Rick, and that's the shootouts. It wasn't the penalty kicks. And so the crowd was so loud, Rick Davis says, oh, I can't, uh, uh, yeah, this isn't gonna work. you know, I can't hear. And so when we go in and we get there, uh, the referees stop it and they say, okay, go. And so long story short, Rick comes in, he scores the first goal. And so they're all pumped up and I'm like, shit. Our first guy goes up and he misses. And so Dale Mitchell misses and I'm like, we're screwed. So long story short, we go through so I had to stop Canalia, Beckenbauer, Cabanas, and a guy by the name of Richard Chinapu. And uh, we win the game. It's it's unbelievable. Wow! And and so fans are going crazy, so we're going to advance. And so we go to our 13-round shootout with Tulsa the next round, and we lose. But that I'm not going to go into detail about that one.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, like, I, I the, these types of stories are – they're surreal, you know, yeah. in hearing – you know, you, you tell us these. I mean, I, I, what my question is this. Even being on the field and going through that experience with Beckenbauer and going to your uh, first playing year SIUE mm-hmm. and your Bush National Championships, mm-hmm. which, one, which ones, what's top of the pile? Because everybody, all players have that one moment, that one game, Win or a loss, My- or or that one group,
1: yeah, that or, one or group. that one group. What's yeah.
0: what's what's your one thing?
2: Well, the group is definitely that group that we played with for those two years, three years with the Bush and the SIU group. That that was probably the most happy time of my life in terms yeah. of soccer and enjoying the game and loving it and did just.
1: they shut down bush gardens for you in tampa when you guys would go down there um, <laughs> bush owned it. Yeah, no. free rides uh.
2: no, no no but uh no they were that that group was truly special uh
0: well but, but okay so so let me let me quick uh follow-up question to that short answer when you historically when you've traveled around the world and you've played with all these other te- uh, players mm-hmm. and these coaches from literally every corner of the globe when you talk about St. Louis soccer when you think about St. Louis soccer when you when you tell that story how 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 do you lay that out there Be- you know because we are all homers we right. love our backyard and sure. our clubs and etc what you know when 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 a foreigner either a a, a top-flight player or a top-flight coach from any other corner of the world that you've crossed paths with in the last 20, 30 years, what do you you tell them about St. Louis and our soccer?
2: Well, I I can tell them without question and with 100% sincerity that there's no better town, no better philosophy, no better group of individuals that love this game, that work harder, that demand the best out of themselves and demand the best out of each other than the groups that I've played with in St. Louis and the players that I've known from St. Louis. I am I am so proud to be uh, a member of the St. Louis soccer community and I call it a family. I mean, I mean we're we're all a family.
0: Well, I mean, you you you, you remember you're. I think you're. There, there's levels, right? Yeah. There's.
1: I think you're up in the ambassador club. He's in the boardroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is what he's talking about. Like the The same feeling I felt when I walked into that stadium last night. The culmination of everything he just said there. Yes. Of all the players and of all the coaches that have the awesome stories like he has, or that has that, that just that lived and breathed this thing here in St. Louis. I mean, it's emotional for yep. how awesome that was last night. Yeah. It was a, a tribute to That's every one word. of those
0: people. That's a good word. Were you there last? I night? was. Okay, I so was. I I caught myself. It's funny that you put it that way because mm-hmm. now in reflection. A thousand percent agree with you, Jared. Because mm-hmm. I, we were in section one ten on that corner right by the uh, the you know the, the craft the, beer, what, the craft beer corner, and it was a very busy corner. Yeah, yeah I don't sit right. I don't right. sit in my seat. So I'm 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 up on the rail. Yeah, I was
2: in one eleven right next to you.
0: Yeah, yo, yeah, you had. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let me guess, you were in a parka and a stocking cap.
2: I was like the other
0: twenty three thousand people. Yeah.
2: Nice I
0: was freezing. But I caught myself, and it just occurred to me. You know, it, it it just occurred to me that I'm I, I'm turned around, and I have a grin on my face, like just waiting to see people that I've known, right? That I have right. played with, that I against, ex-coaches, all of it, and all that came true. Like I, I probably saw, in, and I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Many hundreds and hundreds of ex teammates ex uh, you know players that I coached and that you know and it was it was a pride moment last night cuz it was literally like that stadium is now kind of the it's the heartbeat of everything that all of us have built over yeah. the last 30 40 50 uh, years yeah
2: yeah it was it would gave me chill bumps i mean i honestly and my, i was with my two brothers and i thought did you ever think that we would ever get to this point, and big big props to the people that made it happen. With Jimmy, that class, I mean yeah. the
1: class of this the whole property.
2: Yeah. Well, Jimmy Cavanaugh was a left back on the Bush team that won the national championship. Yep. So, and you know he's a he's a big player in this whole thing. And yeah. uh, I mean it was just it it gave you chills, and you thought, wow. I mean this. We've arrived. Just kudos to thing. him and his group. Yeah, I mean, they it just was amazing. They
1: just yeah. knocked it out of the effing park.
2: They did. And 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 like you said, attention to detail. The whole damn place, the stadium, the yeah. the, the feel, the look. When you walk I remember walking up market looking at the stadium, because we had to park a couple blocks yeah. away. And uh I thought to myself I, I, I got to pinch myself. Is this even real? I know. Is this happening? There was
1: twenty three thousand people there. It was like my Mardi Gras. I felt like I knew nine thousand people there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, so much fun.
0: I, so yeah. much fun. No, it was one of those things where uh, standing there, like like I was just mentioning, purposefully like waiting to make eye contact. Mm-hmm. Those that didn't make eye contact, is one of those things like I know that guy. I think I know where he's from. Like, it literally was the ultimate class reunion for those of us that are in the soccer community, you know, past, you know. In the family. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, for sure. And, you know, in the pride for me, too. And Jared, I guarantee you felt the same. You know, having our boys there. With their club and, you know, because uh, both of our sons play for the same Right, academy. and
2: how proud must you be to, to have your boys in uh, the system? I well, mean, that has to be just, I can't even imagine that feeling. It, it So they're walking around in their little gray
0: slicks with the patch and everything and, the, you know, the different uh, age groups and Mackay and the rest of the players are there. I mean, they were like little rock stars. Like, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, do you play for the academy? Right. And I was like... This is what this should be. Like right. this,
1: this we now have the ultimate springboard. It's a long way from the pasture and the bottom of the hill oh um, with the green JFK practice gear. Oh my God! You're bringing <laughs> you know back I mean? old <laughs>
2: old times. Oh, right. well, all
1: of that, <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, and I think you know, you go you go over to the east side. You got the gauntlet, like right. Yeah. Like, oh you, yeah. we're, we're yeah. playing in the <laughs> the outfield, and it was a dirt patch.
2: Council had the
0: yeah. bowl that. You know, if it rained, uh, you know, one-sixteenth of an inch, it
2: was flooded, <laughs> you know. I mean. I, I just know Granite City, nobody wanted to play against Granite City or Collinsville because the, you guys would come to play. And and you know what? You took no prisoners, and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love that style of play.
0: It, well, it, you know, it's one of those things, and I talked about it with Shane, if, if you happen to catch that part of it, where we, you know, we I personally attribute A thousand percent of that to Gene Baker and his philosophy and yeah, great guy. How Mm -hmm. he did that because it was one of those things that, again, it wasn't. He knew he knew the teams that we were going to be playing, the the CBCs, Vianis, etc. He knew that the Bush talent, that the uh, ODP talent was going to be coming at us, and his our talent pool. There was a small percentage of us that were in those pools but let's be honest i mean the majority of our players were role players right and he just got the best out of us and and it does you know going historically our first relationship was that team the odp team which literally that was only a team comprised of individuals that had families willing to pay for it exactly yeah and yeah. you know th- you've you've heard this story a little bit you know some of it and, and, and so like this is one of the re- reasons i'm most excited of hooking up with Edigan is you saw that trip of us in 90 mm-hmm. the holland tour uh we were you 16 16 at the time mm-hmm. and um it literally was it was in it was an invite jared of uh primarily if you were odp players or part of one or two clubs you were asked, hey, in the spring, you know, there's this trip. We're going to go to Holland. We're going to play in the, you know, Holland Cup and have these friendlies, 11 games and 11 games. Or no, it was a guaranteed seven games in 11 days. Right. And I, at first I was like, yeah, great. I was invited, but my parents were like, "Um, that's great, but we can't afford it. So for me, I'm going to tell my story real quick first, and then I'm going to have you kind of talk. Bring in your experience, and when they told me that, I was distraught because it's like this—this this, this is my dream. This is this is what I do. I'm a player. I want to play, and I'm opportunity to go to Europe and all these. Because I'd never been on a plane, you know, let alone overseas. And this was uh, early November. The invites came out. I was invited, and I we told the we told the team we told the uh, the organizers no, can't do it. Can't afford it. Uh, and then on Christmas, I find out that my step-grandpa had a turkey shoot at a VF De- – or no, no, uh, Amvets Post 51 in Tanktown in, in Mitchell. Right. No way. They have a turkey shoot, raise the money, and I get in. And we go there, and I look at the roster, and and I knew most of the players. And I saw the coach, coach's name, Ed Gettemeyer. And I'm like, huh. Interesting, you know, because I was so young at the time. I I wasn't really putting two and two together. I think it was more like shocked of going over there. Because if you recall at the time when we were, the team was put together, first Gulf War just kicked off. Mm -hmm. Because I remember the letter coming out and literally that Friday night, getting ready to go to soccer for fun with my dad, watching Wolf Blitzer and Bernie Shaw on CNN Mm -hmm. In the middle of war, and they were like,
1: "God, that channel's changed." <laughs>
0: yeah, a little yeah, right.
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: But, but anyway,
0: I'm I'm going to skip here. Enough of me
2: telling the story. No, no, no. I want I want to hear the rest. Of it. That's a, that's fascinating. I didn't know that background.
0: Yeah, but. it was. Uh, well, I was on the. I I was the uh, uh, the, the 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 Granite City kid that was. I, I lived very. I was on the tracks. I wasn't on the right side of the tracks or the wrong side of the tracks. My parents did enough to give us opportunities, but there were limitations. Uh And that was the first time that I was given a chance to really uh, experience something like that. Um, And when that team was put together, I remember just thinking, how are we going to make this work? Because most of us hadn't played together. Uh It literally was a mixture. And we trained. We had a few practices, and then we
1: fly over. Uh And... You know, in the rest, Did you guys scrimmage the Missouri ODP team at least. Well, because that would have been probably lopsided. No, not
0: at all. See, <laughs> in the ODP days back then, Illinois was the powerhouse in the Midwest region. Really? The Missouri team, we never lost to them. But you think about that though. The Southern region was everything south of eighty. So then you had three other regions that were all Chicagoland. Yeah. <laughs> so the Chicagoland players, they were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but we we go to we go to Holland. And I remember walking on the field and seeing uh, the Austrian junior national team, and we got the the Juve juniors, and, you know, what – talk about your – why did you take the job? (laughs) You know, uh, what did you think when you saw the players and, you know – because that's that that would have been a point in your career post playing professionally right this is when you're probably you know you're really starting to coach and everything talk about that experience
2: yeah well uh, tim carter I, I had been involved in the odp program for uh, a couple of years and uh, tim carter said hey i got i got an opportunity for you let's take a team over and i said well what's what's the criteria for the team he said well basically People can uh, that can afford it. And I said, okay. Yeah. And so he said, well, here's the thing. You know, we're going to go over there. We're guaranteed seven games. You know, we're gonna we're not going to make it out of our group. So we're going to go ahead and plan a trip to Belgium uh, as well on the backside when they're actually playing in the semifinals and the finals. And um, he said it'll be a great experience for the kids. It'll be great. So I said, oh, sure. So I said, and I said, I remember saying to him at the time, I said, you know what? You better you better put the trip to Belgium on hold cuz you know you never know what might happen. Yeah. And uh he he just laughed and he said, "You know, we're we're this is the howling cup." Ed. And I said, "Okay." And so we went and we put our team together and I can tell you this. I've never been more proud of a group of guys. Your team, that team that went over there, it was a bunch of guys with a ton of heart and just worked their tails off and uh it was destiny. Really. It was yeah. destiny. There's, there's no way that anybody could have predicted that number one we get out of our group, and number uh, undefeated, and number two, you know, beat the team from Italy, the Lazio team, in the final that looked like they were twice our size. <laughs> they, they and were then, all smoking pregame and <laughs> yeah, drinking beer at the <laughs> halftime. You know, know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the fact. Well, you remember. You know, I I remember because we started, uh, you know, the the, the route to the final game was special. But then the final game, you know, it it's the same same David and Goliath story. Yeah. And uh, so we go in and uh, everything was working. I mean, we worked on free kicks. And I mentioned the free kick earlier with you. I mean, we just worked on a simple, you know, touch, tap and go and hit it. And JB hits this ball that had eyes into the upper corner. And I just thought to myself, I just laughed. I thought, Will
1: you repeat that? Beckett might listen to this one. We we
2: are smoking the team that never, ever we shouldn't have been on the same field with. No, well, it was so funny because I remember walking,
0: you know, it, it was surreal from the first. Go first game because we also had a handful of friendlies mm-hmm. at the Dutch national training right. camp and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, do you remember who was training at the Dutch na- at the, at the camp when we went there? I, it was, was it Ajax? AC Milan. AC Milan. Mm-hmm. AC Milan. Yeah. It, yeah oh,
2: Ajax was there too, but AC Milan was there as yes. well.
0: Yes. So here's a bunch mm-hmm. of Southern Illinois redneck kids, mm-hmm. you know, in the in this cafeteria. And mm-hmm. oh,
2: by the way, that's AC Milan. Yeah.
0: Rude Ru, Ru, uh, Holland and Marco Van Basten mm. were literally there training, and we were all like, "This is just weird." But yeah, I remember though, because the Holland Cup at the time was the largest youth tournament in the world. It was, uh, and it and it was it was all the A flight teams were there, and going into the final, if you made it, you then you march in with all yep. the other age groups. And remember, they gave us the flags and all this, yeah, sh- right, and they're, right. you know, and they're announcing the team names, and it was like Southern Illinois, oh, you know, ODP, and then followed by Manchester United U16. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. it, was. it and, was. And I remember they were playing "Final Countdown" by Europe. You know, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it's no way you forget something like that. Yeah. And it was funny because as soon as that all stopped and we were on that field. There was a few hundred people there. I mean, it wasn't no packed, mm. but it, everything turned off and it was just like, look, this is just a game. We're going to play. We are rolling these guys this whole trip mm. and it was it was really like I'll never forget that.
1: It was surreal. That's awesome. It
2: was absolutely I, I, the thing that I won't forget is when you guys won. It was the the just the euphoria that happened and i'll never forget and i think it was you that had the american flag that was running oh yeah and it like like it was your cape and you're running around the field and the, the pride that we felt and those guys from lazio were on the ground crying their coach was he had his hand, you know, his his head was in his hands, laying down, thinking. Well, they so we
0: we, we were taking it at him, and and it's um, one of those things. You, you you've heard the analogy with Tiger Woods, you know. Where I remember the reporter asked him one time, like, "You're making putts just out of this world." You know what's going on? And Tiger was sitting there in front of the camera. And he goes, "Well, when the when the hole is this big, and he holds his hands out wide, it was really hard to miss."
1: Well, there's another thing and in this game that. When when you're playing the team sport in soccer, and you can look across the other team that you're playing against and look in their eyes, and you know that you're gonna ha- you're gonna hand it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody here, I think, at this table has felt that. Oh yeah. And that is a fun feeling because you well, can't lose. And that it was is. what was
0: happening for us at, dur- during that tournament because, like, for me in particular, like that goal was double the size of normal like i yeah. i really felt like there was no corner of the goal that wasn't achievable
2: wow and yeah but jared if you'd have seen this thing it had eyes it was like the goal of the year upper corner free kick Boom. It was like clockwork. And nice. it was just smoked. And that's funny. It, it, was,
0: it was slow-mo because when it came it was, off my phone, like as soon as I hit it, I turned around because I knew. I think I saw it on MySpace. It's on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's on VHS tape somewhere, too. Corey nice. Cooper. Because Corey Cooper nice. was our goalie. Uh, yeah, do you remember right. Corey? Uh, absolutely. And Corey was just a, i mean, he was just a – joker i mean everything was i mean he was taking pictures of the because we didn't have cell phones obviously he had a little Mm -hmm. disposable camera and he took one whole roll of just pictures of his turds you know (laughs) because he was so amazed at the shelf toilets in europe because they don't have bowls it's a shelf so he took and he was a joker but during that tournament It didn't matter. I mean, like for him, the goal was as big as our our cell phone.
2: Right? He stopped
0: everything. Yeah, he was
2: on. He played. That's a play. Everything lined up. It was good. It was the stars aligned, and it was meant to be. And that's, you know, I think that that does happen in our lives too. Sometimes there's just some things that are meant to be, and there's no real, there's no real reason that it happens other than just the stars of aligned I mean,
0: well it's so funny because like I, I i've thought about that team a million times and i've thought about you as the coach and the different players because it's it reminds me of so many of the sports movies historically that where you have these movies made about a team that has a special moment in time and then at the end you know they always have the credits where it's like Joe Davis went on to play pro and Steve Thomas ended up being a carpenter and you know where Mm. because as soon as it's over it all goes away Mm -hmm. and that that was a team that literally had no future it was never going to become anything more than what it was for that moment in time and I think because of that it all it will always have like an extremely special spot in my heart because it's it was it should have never happened.
2: And I think that's the beauty of it, for
1: yeah. me personally.
2: And, and I, I would completely agree. And, and honestly, I've coached a, a lot of teams and had, you know, great fun, great success. But, uh, but that team was probably the most special because of that very reason. We weren't supposed to be there. We were just a, kind of a token. Yeah. And when we were in that tournament, there was no one that took us seriously. Nowhere. And, yeah. uh, and when we went in and started playing... And we played with a lot of heart, but we played the game, too. I mean, we, we shot the ball wide. We got, we got the ball deep. We got it in the corners. And when we finished, we finished in the offensive third. I mean, we finished. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, honestly, that's, that's, a, that's a special skill uh, that a lot of really, really great teams struggle. They can be really great in the middle third, but finishing in the offensive third is tough. So you had to have a couple guys that knew how to put the ball in the back, and yeah. we're sitting with one of them right here. How uh, I didn't pay
1: him to say that either. That's, no. I, I believe it. I, believe <laughs> it. I, I gotta. I have to ask it before I forget. How many years of professional indoor soccer did you play?
2: I played from I played two years uh, outdoor, and then I played eight years indoor. So back and forth.
1: I saw you walk in here, and you move pretty good. Um, you're in your early 60s. Yes, I am. Okay, so I can imagine the arenas and the concrete floor (laughs) with the paper-thin AstroTurf. How are you not beat to hell with playing that much indoor goalie for that many years? I'm
2: not sure what you saw. Maybe you had a couple too many beers when I walked in. But uh, no, my body is torn up.
1: <laughs> well,
2: I'm not gonna I lie. I walked do. in We'll pain. film the walk out <laughs>
0: and we'll. I'll make a special YouTube clip for everybody listening on this one. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's it's really fun. Um, you know, talking about. the 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 legacy of our community of the soccer community in particular and seeing how the baton has been passed through the 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 decades obviously you late 70s 80s you know that team that we were just talking about was you know early 90s jared you're the puppy at the table you know you 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 late 90s 2000s still playing and now now we you know we we're skipping forward to our kids now and you're looking at the uh, the iteration of the uh, city SC and all of this—it's like all of that stuff is—is is like the gunpowder. It's—it's just the powder for the keg here, and it's about to blow. I—I th- I think that is good of the stories and the and the successes that all of us have had historically, I think that's I, that's the tip of the iceberg,
2: right? I think right. these
0: kids coming up through the pipe now and what they're able to do and where they're going to be doing it and who they're going to be doing it in front of. Um, I'm I'm super excited, person. You know, and and I think you know, kudos to you guys and you know all of us. Really, like, if we didn't love the game, none of this would have ever happened here. And the, the population here that loves the game, it's different. It is different because I've lived in other cities across the country. You've obviously been all around the world, but domestically speaking, St. Louis is a special town. It is when it comes to this sport.
2: It is absolutely.
0: So, let me ask you this predict out three uh one year three year five year do, do you think we have the pedigree
2: immediately out of the gate to knock some teeth in well i think i think it's uh it's interesting because you know it really comes down to and you talked about this a couple of podcasts ago um where do we build from do we build from the back up do we build from the middle do we do we really find that that goal scorer so uh, I'm watching the young kids play now. I have several friends uh, that have kids on elite teams, and I get to go watch. And kids are doing things today that, that you would never have seen 10 years ago right. in terms of how they play the game, in terms of their awareness of space, in terms of their awareness of what to do. Um, I think the future is bright. Do I think we have the pedigree? I don't know if you're talking about in St. Louis or in the States. Uh, I think this World Cup is going to be interesting because I think it's a tremendous opportunity. Uh, you know, if we can hold our own with Wales, who we're pretty, were, were, were pretty close uh, in terms of if you look up and down the lineups yeah. and, and then get a few breaks uh, against England and all of a sudden make some waves and make it into that, that final 16, I think all of a sudden that will, that will, that will speak volumes to where our country is st louis city you know i i am I'm, I'm really excited to see where they're going. I really loved the first you know the first twenty minutes thirty minutes of the game last night I, I did too I thought mm-hmm. th- I did
0: too I thought the speed the press and
2: mm-hmm. I love the different i love the i love the offensive third press well
0: and the mm-hmm. poise too uh-huh. i i mm-hmm. you know knowing that who they were competing against mm-hmm. seeing how they were they didn't look nervous, right, which was right. all I was really afraid of. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I agree. And, and to, to, to kind of put a stamp on your first uh, point um, internationally-wise as far as our men's team, um, I, I'm nervous for them, uh, especially with their qualifying late. Uh, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. They looked poor. Mm-hmm. They couldn't put the biscuit in the basket. Uh, we our scoring goals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be huge for us to go into this World Cup and have some success especially how we looked two months leading into it
2: right, right and the, the whole key is you know the offensive third if we, we, we have to be a little bit I think I think we have to be a little bit more aware and a little bit more creative in terms of the offensive third. more clinical yeah and, uh, and so it's just not happening right now but but the opportunity is there, and it's and it's and, and England, you know, they're going to come into the game a little bit. Well, we don't know yet, but I, I think they're going to be a little bit hampered with some injuries, and yeah. uh, we're going to see. I mean, it might be a great opportunity there. Wales, you know, it's a that's a coin toss, you know. Well, and Iran's going to they're going to be smoking. <laughs> they're they're going to be coming after us.
0: Hey, look, I personally, you know, everybody talks about a few of the other groups as the as the quote groups of death, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, as an American, as an American soccer lover, and as a lover of global politics, we are literally in the group of death. Oh, I mean, there's, you, you, there's some people that hate us. Yeah, there's <laughs> no a few questions. that hate us. Uh, you know, yeah. and we kind of irritated Great Britain in mm-hmm. 1776, and Wales hates <laughs> Britain. You know, you add up all of that yeah. animosity. I don't think there's a group in the World Cup that legitimately hates each other more yeah. than the four nations in our group. So
2: it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I, I can't
0: I, wait. I, I'm excited. I think I think the young players in particular, I, I mean look, Aronson and Tyler Adams and Gio Reyna for me is like he, he, he's one of those players that you look at a 90 minute game and for. He's a difference maker. 85, 86, he, yeah, 87 yeah, minutes. Mm-hmm. You're like, Jesus Christ, kid, turn the motor on, do your thing. And then all it takes is like literally 10 seconds of genius and it's like, mm-hmm. it's over. Can he stay healthy? Well, if. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. That's always the, 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 the question. But he, he inspires me. Aronson's motor. Uh, is is, you know, so <laughs> our our bartender he's he's awesome. Another soccer dad, um, you know, Aronson and a few others. I think this is more of a referendum on Pulisic than any other player on the team, though, because over the past twenty years in particular, we've always had a, a Landon. A Dempsey, a someone that was completely responsible mm-hmm. for the Took that outcome. Weight.
2: Took that weight. Mm-hmm.
0: right? Pulisic's name is clearly at the top of that list. It is his responsibility uh, and he, he will get all the accolades if we do it and he will get all the blame if we don't. And I Agreed. think given what he's gone through at Chelsea, which... Along y- with Weston. You know, not, I, I, I would push back on McKinney a little bit because I think that Pulisic trying to do what he's doing at Chelsea is a lot different than what McKinney is doing at Juventus, because it's just a different league. And I think Pulisic's own pressure—it's—it's—it's—it's I mean, percolating. That's my two cents. And I think that if he goes into this thing having fun, we're we're, we're in good shape. If he goes
1: into this thing trying to uh, prove a point you know, on on eggshells, yeah, you know, yeah, he's got to be—he needs to play free. Huh?
2: And and, it, and it's, it's funny you say that because we all know as, as competitive players as competitive athletes, there's there's a mindset that we have to have yes. going into a game if we're going to be successful. If we in any way doubt who we are or what we can do, yeah, it's 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 a problem. And yeah. uh,
1: you can't tow in the water. This thing,
2: no, no. And I and I have no idea where his head is or where his, you know, his mindset is. But I think I think that first. 20 30 minutes of the first game is going to tell you i agree
0: this has been awesome i uh i really appreciate you doing this i know that you were probably like what the hell are these guys getting me into (laughs) um this is we could talk for two
2: hours no i love talking obviously probably too much i love talking soccer i love talking st louis soccer i'm 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 so proud of what we are, what we've done, and
0: well, I tell you what. Since we never really have a script or anything, you have an open invite to come back whenever you want to come back. What I would encourage you to do is all those other names that you dropped earlier. Give it, give, give them a little text. Let's say, hey, there's these two guys, sure. three guys that are doing this thing. It's kind of lame, but it's fun. They'll buy you beers. Yeah, right? no, uh, no do this that. has been great. I would love to bring great. more people on, and if you sure. could help
2: facilitate that, we would be forever grateful. I have, yeah, no, I'll I'll for sure do that. I have a. I have
1: a number of guys
2: that I'm sure that would love Can, to I do it. I think his role
1: ex- is pretty extensive.
0: <laughs> no, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. I mean it's uh, it's you, you, you've lived the life, uh, you've been um, uh, a leader, mentor, and an inspiration for many an individual in the area, especially those weird goalies. Yeah,
1: goalies um, are weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. they are just a little off. <laughs> crazy.
2: I have a question though. If I bring guys down, do I get to come down and get free beers while you guys are on the show? Duh!
0: Yeah, John Shines, <laughs> listen to this thing. He doesn't know it yet, but yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll us out here real quick, Ed, I really appreciate all your time. It's been awesome. Thank Thank you, appreciate Ray, uh,
2: JP. Appreciate Jared. Let's see. Here. Great,
0: great conversion with you guys. Okay, guys, check this out. See if you can figure out what I have going on. And uh, carpool co-host of the day, Jared Bertrand. You're the man. Thank Holland you again. cup. We're um, walking into the finals. I, I'm telling you, flashback carrying that flag. I was I was that kid. <laughs> so, Ed, thank you very much. If you're listening, if you made it this far, God bless you. Uh, give us a follow, Spotify, Apple Pod, all the usual uh, outlets, and um, toss us a review. Love it. If you have any questions for us, email us, soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. And... Um, Ed, enjoy your evening.
2: Appreciate it, JB. All take right, care.
0: take care.